0: Hi, my name is Dr. Julie Osborne. I'm a doctor of psychology and a licensed clinical social worker specializing in cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm here to help you bring the power of CBT in your own life. In my podcast, I'll answer some questions, share with you some practical ways to apply CBT principles so you can achieve a greater level of happiness and satisfaction in your life and your relationships as well. So first, let me share with you an email I got or somebody sent me a message through my Instagram. It says, Hi, Dr. Julie, I just want to thank you for your podcast. I'm going through a difficult time in my relationship right now. And listening to your podcast, has made me the calmest and non-manic I've been in days. I have just listened to your Are You Honoring Yourself? episode. So thank you for reaching out. I'm glad that they've been helpful. And uh, honoring yourself is super important. And it gives you an opportunity to kind of ground yourself when you're in this midst of chaos and stress and anxiety. Then am I honoring myself right now in my life and that goes into me continuing my story of what i've been going through and me honoring myself when i had to speak up and get the help i needed so if you listen to my last podcast i went through some medical issues and i'm finally getting my surgery hallelujah right thank god i had to fight for that and advocate for myself and um so i'm going to kind of pick up where i left off and share with you guys what happened after that so The night before, just to share a little funny anecdote is uh, my doctor said, you know, you can eat whatever you want before midnight, whatever you want to have. I'm not usually a big hamburger person, but I told my husband to go to In-N-Out Burger. If those of you that are familiar with it, I got a hamburger, french fries, and a vanilla shake. That is normally not my diet, (laughs) but I thought I don't know what I'll be eating after this surgery, so what the heck, right? So I enjoyed my last meal, and in the morning, Uh, They took me down for the surgery. And, you know, again, everything has just been kind of a whirlwind. So I wasn't even asking the doctors. I mean, I'm sorry. I wasn't even asking nurses about my doctor, the surgeons. I was just grateful to finally get the surgery done. But all the nurses just on their own were just like, you're really fortunate. You got the creme de la creme of the doctors. These surgeons are just fantastic. One nurse even, you know, had them do her surgery. So we were feeling really grateful about that right before I went into surgery, I met my surgeon, whose name is Dr. Antonio Castaneda. He's my angel, my savior, I feel like. And um, he came in, I met him, and they first were going to do a laparoscopic, you know, where they just kind of go in, make three holes, and they're able to take everything out, which is which is the better way to get a hysterectomy. But um, once he examined me and saw, as I mentioned earlier, that whew, everything just got pushed up in my abdomen, that they would have to just do regular surgery and, you know, just cut me open and, um, remove everything. So I was like, okay, you know, obviously whatever you need to do is fine with me. And, um, so during this time, as you can probably imagine, you know, lots of support in my life, friends, family, like everybody just sending me prayers and, you know, good wishes and, um, you know, a lot, of a lot of support. So, um, which I was eternally grateful for. And my spiritual part of my life is very important to me. And you know, I've heard about people getting these feelings or this warmth, sensations or and you know, I to be honest, I haven't experienced anything like that before. I feel connected and and that type of thing. But I gotta tell you, when I was being wheeled into the operating room, I actually felt like this calmness and yeah, this like this energy. That's how I would describe it. I felt this energy around me. That I just haven't felt before in my life. And it was calming. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't worried. And I remember that. I remember that moment of feeling everyone's energy that was there supporting me. And praying for me that everything would go okay. And that really meant a lot. Really meant a lot. It was a very powerful moment for me. So anyways, I go in. I have the surgery. And uh, I wake up. I see the doctor, and uh, everyone is telling me, whew, you had a major surgery, but the surgery went great. And my doctor, you know, says, you know, from my eye, what I could see, you know, we got all the cancer out, but um, my sis had bursts and they were bleeding, which means the cancer is getting out. And I just need to share that with you guys because that is the most important part here that if I had listened to these other doctors and waited for these appointments, God knows where I'd be right now, knowing this cancer is just bleeding inside of me. And that that's why I say I probably saved my life when I refused to leave the doctor's office. Because they got in there soon enough. I do, uh, I am, I'm sorry, diagnosed with ovarian cancer. But it is stage one. They got all the cancer out. All the biopsies they took, everything came back negative. I'm just beyond grateful. My doctor said, you know, waiting for the pathology report. And he's saying that, you know, initially the pathologist is saying it looks good. And I'm like, thank God. And again, it comes back finally that, yes, it's stage one. They got all the cancer out. I need to do some chemotherapy for preventative measures because you never know if one little cell got out somewhere. (laughs) And um, that could be real trouble down the road if I don't do that. So anyways, that's where I am regarding my diagnosis, which is the most important thing. And I had to stay in the hospital for eight days, long time. Really helping me manage my pain, um, and you know everything else that goes along with surgery. You know, it's I was I've learned that you know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to get surgery for this. I'm going to get surgery for that. Surgery is a big deal, you guys. <laughs> it's not just the surgery; it's all the side effects that happen to your body from the surgery. You know, your body kind of shuts down. That that anesthesia is so strong. You know, it shuts everything down and you got to get your body going again. So the biggest negative really that happened is so during surgery for me is they use these clamps to keep you open. And um, I ended up getting a pinched nerve in my left leg. They didn't know this for the first couple days because I wasn't getting out of bed. And then when I did, um, I didn't fall to the ground, but I was close. My leg just buckled on me. And that's when I realized and they told me that that's what happened my doctor was very apologetic, he felt so bad. He was really surprised at the length of the surgery that that would happen. But I gotta tell you, if I didn't have my CBT tools, I don't know where I'd be today because this has been my biggest, biggest issue that I can't walk on my own. I'm having to use a walker because my leg basically feels numb and my quadricep does not fire. So it's kinda hard to explain, but if you were sitting in a chair and you just wanted to kick your leg out, my leg won't kick out. So um, I'm having to do physical therapy, and I went back to my acupuncturist, who I love dearly, and we're working on getting my leg back. But, you know, it was like this extra thing that didn't have to happen, and I've had many, many, many tears over this, just thinking, you know, here are my hot thoughts, right? It's unfair. It didn't have to happen. Why me? I don't know if I can handle this. What if it doesn't come back? I mean, just... You know, mall to do to have thoughts that I had to just take control over and just be like, Julie, you need to stop. You need to focus on what do you have control over, right? And again, being present. And what I have control over is doing my exercises every day, going to my acupuncturist, getting up and walking, even when I don't feel that great. You know, I got to keep moving. I got to work on it. I got to get my leg back. I have to, I have to, I have to and that has been to be honest my biggest struggle the surgery is a big deal and again i'm recovering and you know it was a lot but oh my god this leg that was just again it's rare right and there's my oh of course it's rare it happened to me <laughs> you know that's depressing right that'll make you frustrated angry you know and it just is something that happened and that's you know the risk when you take surgery when you do surgeries you just never know what's going to happen to your body but it is taking me down It has taken me down to a very difficult place. I've really had to really rely on my coping skills. And, you know, support's been great, but I got to tell you, there's moments that it's just all about you and how you're thinking about things. And people can tell me it's going to get better. It'll be okay. This and that. But I'm the one dealing with it. I'm the one that feels it. I feel the discomfort. I feel the frustration. You know, it's really impeded my recovery because if this wasn't happening, I could have got up and moved faster and got my body back in working order quicker I could just be doing more things that I can't do right now because I got to use a walker to get around you know and be super careful I don't fall so I will tell you you know, there's been some improvement I'm, I'm feeling more confident when I'm walking um you know it doesn't feel quite as numb but it's not there yet and um And it's tough. And I can tell you, too, I've definitely kept myself from going on the Internet. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to hear any statistics. I just know who I am, and I have to keep fighting and working to get my leg working again. So that's something else else is avoiding going on the Internet. A lot of times, you know, I have a lot of clients that I'm like, stop going on the Internet. You know, you get the worst case scenario stories. People share their worst stories on there. And then you think that could be you, and that's going to mess with your head and create more hot thoughts, and you just don't want to go down that road. You just don't want to go down that road. So using my tools that I encourage you guys to use, that even when life seems so overwhelming and difficult, you know, I just said, you know, my one cousin said to me, have you even wrapped your head around all this? I said, I don't even, I haven't even had time. You know, it's like you're fighting for care, and then you get the care. And now you're dealing with the recovery. And now I have my leg I can't walk on. Like it's one thing after another, after another, right? Finally get out of the hospital. And now it's like, what do I have to do next? Now I got to set up the PT. Now I got to find out when I'm going to do my chemo. Like, like when do you have time to even kind of sit with everything? And you got to make yourself sit and, and to be with everything and to let yourself cry and to be frustrated. And, you know, it's okay to have all these emotions we talk about. Right? We just don't want them to get the best of us. And again, we need to give ourselves times to be sad and not avoid it. Doesn't mean that you're not strong. You know, your strength is allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling at that moment and to be authentic and honest with the people around you who love you. You know, I've kind of realized, I know, you know, of course, people are always asking me, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? And I know people want to hear a good answer because it makes them feel better. But I've just been honest. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not doing that good. I'm not having a good day, I'm frustrated, you know, I can't really tell you that my leg's any better. And I have just kind of realized I'm just gonna be who I am and I'm gonna be authentic. And the people that love me and care for me will be able to handle it. But I just have to be honest and and be where I'm at through this journey that I'm going through. When I got home from the hospital, I was ready to come home after eight days. And um, I wanna share too, so on the second day I was in the hospital, you know, I have a few children, and one of my daughters lives in New York City, and uh, I didn't even ask her to come in, and she just showed up. You can imagine I was bawling in my room then. I was just really overwhelmed and just so grateful, um, just so grateful that she came in and was here for two weeks. It was just like a godsend. She just helped out so much, and, you know, it was just really good support for me. My husband, when I came home, just was really helpful in taking care of me, so um, that was really helpful. And uh, my other daughter, Molly, who's been actually out of the country is coming home in about a week and she'll be there to help me as well. So I'm really grateful for that. So, uh, my other daughter who lives in another state, you know, has a family and works and, but she's been wonderful and reaching out and sending me gifts and beautiful texts. And so all the, all the support, that's just my kids I'm talking about, but you know, my family, my friends, the flowers, the doorbell was just ringing off the hook. People have sent meals. Um, you know, I knew I had good friends and family, but I got to tell you, when you need them the most and you see them come through, whoo! It's it's really um, it's really heartwarming to know how much people really care about you. Um, you know, I tend to be more of a caretaker, right? I'm there for my clients, there for my family. Um, I tend not to ask for help a lot. I tend to take care of things myself, and and I was just placed in a I'm in a place right now that all I can do is ask for help. <laughs> You know, they told me at the hospital, don't be a hero and go up and down the steps because of your leg. If you need something, just ask for someone to get it for you. You don't have to do everything. So really turned my life around to learn how to ask for help, which is another good lesson for all of us, right? And a lot of us are really strong and, you know, we're independent and we don't want to think we need all this help. But, um, but this has taken me to a place where, which is good, to be better at asking for help and better to ask for the things that I need not feel bad about it. I know this is all temporary and anything temporary I can handle. It's not going to be forever. And I just need to to honor myself and and ask for what I need. I want to share, I always like sharing little funny stories with you too. So I think I've told you before, I grew up in Buffalo, New York and um, I actually grew up next door to the best pizza place in Buffalo, New York, which is called Bocce's Pizza. <laughs> and it is just, there's no other pizza like Bocce's Pizza. I got to tell you. And uh, my very best friend back in Buffalo, Lenny, sent me a Bocce's pizza. <laughs> my daughter answered the door and she's like, Mom, you're not going to believe you got a Bocce's pizza. And all I thought to myself is you are loved, you are loved. <laughs> so Bocce's pizza will send half-baked pizzas all over the country all of us Buffalo Bill fans, sometimes we'll order before a game and then you just heat it up in the oven and it tastes just like you got it there. So it was just, oh my God, of all the wonderful things I got that really, we just laughed and enjoyed and my husband was super excited. He's had Bocce's pizza and it was just really, um it was just really great. I just wanted to share that with you because that just really brought a smile to my face. But, you know, we've had people bring meals over, buy us meals, you know, I still got more flowers yesterday. I mean, it's just... You know, people have reached out to me on Instagram, Facebook, people have gone through cancer, giving me support, giving me, you know, suggestions. I mean, it's just been, um, it's really been incredible that with all the stress in the world, that, you know, there's that community still and people are there for each other when they really need them. And um, sometimes I've gotten a little overwhelmed, you know, with all the advice and people telling me stuff and I just kind of say, okay, I'm just going to take it one day at a time, one moment at a time. You know, I can always go back and read the messages. But just that they're there and they reach out to me has just been just really incredible. Just really incredible. And when people say, you know, let me know if you need anything, you know, I believe them. I don't think it's just them saying that and I tell them if I need something, I'll let them know. And I will. And so all of this has been part of my using my CBT and my journey is just having to be, you know, the person that isn't the caretaker, the fixer, the doer. And having to sit back and being okay with needing help and asking for support. And, and, and not feeling like a burden. Because I know if, if the shoe was on the other foot, I would be there for my friend, my neighbor, and do what I could to help them out. So, you know, it's something I think a lot of us struggle with is asking for help, whether we feel we are worthy of it, if we deserve it, or we're going to be a burden, right? Those are all of our hot thoughts that can get in the way of getting the help that we need. Because me being able to ask for help and resting when I need to and not running around and trying to do everything is going to help me heal better. And the better I heal, the better I'll be at the end of all of this. I've continued to have to advocate for myself. Uh, So after I got home and then I needed to set up my chemo, well, let's deal with that now, right? So I went back and did a follow-up with my wonderful surgeon, Dr. Castaneda. And um, he said, I'm going to help you find a place that's in your network for your chemo. And then when you're done, you can come back to me to follow up. I said, great, because I will be changing insurance plans. (laughs) and making sure that they're in my plan at the end of the year so he gives me a referral to a place that's in the city i live which is great no problem my daughter starts making phone calls and lo and behold at that particular office they don't do chemo for ovarian cancer they do it for lots of other cancers and you'd have to go up to los angeles which i'm talking 60 70 miles so I'm like, I ain't doing that. I am not driving that far. And I would like to find what they call a continuity of care. So that's if your doctor is not in your plan, but you've been working with them, obviously he's my surgeon, that the insurance will approve uh, for you to be able to continue with your doctor. So as I've shared with you in my first podcast about this, my insurance has been terrible. Nobody on the portal would see me. Just nothing, just nothing worked out. Nothing worked out at all. And um so we had to deal with that. So I'm thinking, okay, now I'm home and now I got to keep advocating for myself. So luckily, before I went into the hospital, I got a case manager assigned to me through my insurance. I had not talked to her beforehand, but we called her when I got home. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Helen. She's been phenomenal. And uh, we had a fight and fight and fight. She was even having a hard time getting people to respond to her and she works for the company. To finally get this approved, I had to reach out to my primary doctor to make a phone call. We had to get Dr. Castaneda to do a pre-op. I mean, it was just a headache. I'm like, what is going on with this system? There's so many holes. And for those of us that are going through whatever we're going through, to find the mental strength was everything I had left in me. I just was like, I got into so burned out, you guys. I was just like, I don't know how much more I can handle having a fight, having a fight, and then there's a time frame. So once you have surgery, if you need chemo, you know, they want to start it within the first three weeks in case some cells are out there. They don't want them to start growing, right? So I'm coming up on my third week, which is when he wants me to start the chemo, and I'm not getting this approved yet over and over, day after day, making phone calls. Anyways, the good news is about a day ago, they finally approved it, And I have my first chemotherapy set up for next week, which will be a different podcast. (laughs) And, um, you know, a lot of emotions there, you know, I'm grateful. I know I need to do this. I only have to do minimum three, maximum six. If I can tolerate it and get up to six, that is what my doctor really wants me to do. Everyone's telling me to do that. If I can, this is my one chance to really, you know, make sure there's no cancer left inside me if there is. And, um, I'm going to do the best I can if I can tolerate it. Of course, I'm going to do the six. But, you know, now I'm, I have that small window of time of managing all these emotions going into chemo, right? That I'm grateful that I'm going to get it done and I can move on and be done and heal. And I'm also obviously worried and afraid. And I don't know what my side effects will be. Um, a lot of unknown, which is a hard thing for all of us to handle, right? We all like to know. We all want certainty, how's it going to affect me, how am I going to be, all of those kind of things, and uh, that's what I have ahead of me, and all I'm doing is using my CBT tools to stay present, stay in the moment, you know, enjoy each day as best I can. I'm starting to get out of the house a little bit, taking some drives. I actually went to a store yesterday. My husband's been fabulous, you know, pushing me to, you know, I got to get out of the house. It's just... Um, It's been hard because my leg is in the way of everything, this damn leg. (laughs) So I pray every night that my leg gets better and I'm doing everything I can. But, you know, your mind can go to some really difficult places. And that's why, again, I'm grateful to have the CBT. And I want you guys to just practice and practice and make it automatic like it is for me. I don't have to stop and say, oh, I need to do a thought record I just am aware that I have these hot thoughts. I've been doing it so long. My brain just works that way. And be aware and express how I feel and cry and be upset and frustrated. And just be gentle with myself and not hard or judgmental. We all have, you know, we have a reason that we have all of these emotions in our lives. And we have to let them come. But we have to be aware of, you know, what am I thinking that's making me feel this way? And sometimes it's okay, like... I'm thinking, I don't know what the outcome is going to be with chemo. That makes me nervous. That's okay. That's normal. But I can't let it take over my day, right? I can't let me stay on the couch all day and just be in tears or create anxiety. That I can't let it do. So it's normal, right, that my hot thoughts, remember your hot thoughts are thoughts that aren't 100% true. There's some truth in them, but there's a lot of things that aren't true. That's what I have to pay attention to. What are my hot thoughts? And not allow them to take me down that right now you know I'm not doing chemo yet I got all my hair I'm not feeling sick I'm able to have my meals I'm able to you know enjoy a little bit of company you know I'm able to get out of the house I have to enjoy these days because I just don't know what's coming forward maybe I'll be okay you know I've met a couple people that have gone through chemo they got through it all right and God willing maybe that'll be me maybe it won't I don't know But I just got to take it one day at a time. And sometimes I'm taking it one moment at a time. But those are all tools that I have that I'm using. And I know I've talked to you guys about these over the podcast over the last 18 months in many different forms. And that, you know, I need my CBT tools now more than ever, right? More than ever. And think about how am I going to deal with the stress in my life so I can be the best I can be? I can honor myself and I will continue, continue to advocate for myself. (laughs) Another example of advocating is, when I talked to my surgeon in the hospital about chemo, we were talking about different types and I said I would prefer this type over this type because of some of the side effects. And um, when I set up my first chemo appointment, um, it sounded like it was the other one that I didn't wanna do. So I asked the nurse, please contact the doctor. Please talk to him before I come in. I don't wanna show up and be like, no, this is not the chemo that I wanted. I wanted to have the other option. So I'm still advocating. I'm not just like, oh, I'm grateful, whatever, thank you. I am grateful, but I'm, I'm talking. I'm finding out what are the names of the medicines. What do I need to do to get through this the best I can get through this? What are my support networks for different things I might go through? You know, I'm asking questions. I'm taking notes. I'm going to do whatever I need to do for me and be able to think about what are my thoughts that are getting in the way. And not letting them last too long. I am not perfect by any means, you guys. I've had some pretty, you know, dark moments. And and just feeling sorry for myself, to be honest. And I let myself be there for a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, Julie, you got to cut this crap out. And let's focus on what I can do to get better and be well. Distract myself sometimes. Start reading again. So whatever you might be going through in your life, ask yourself, what are the tools I've learned? What are the CBT tools I have? Maybe am I using enough? Maybe I'm not practicing that I really need to start using so that I don't let my moods take over my life, right? And then we make decisions based on what's best for us, not how we feel. And that will always be my mantra for the rest of my life. <laughs> and to always remember, too, that if something's temporary, you can deal with it. Everything I'm dealing with is temporary. My temporary. My leg's temporary. The chemo is going to be temporary. My recovery will be temporary. It's going to take some time to heal. And I know that, but I'm going to be alive and the cancer is not going to get me. And that's the most important thing that I continue to remind myself when I get in those self-pity modes. (laughs) I've also, one last thing to add is, you know, I haven't been working. Normally, you know, my work has always been so important. I care about all my clients. Any of you that are listening that have been supportive or willing to wait, or I've, I've given a lot of referrals out. That I just know emotionally and physically, I just couldn't be there for for my clients the way that I want to be and and that you need me to be there for you. And surprisingly, you know, I've been at peace. I haven't been anxious about my practice. I feel that when I'm ready to work and I can be present for my clients 100 percent, that my practice will be there And this time in my life is the most difficult thing and that I just need to take care of myself. And it's been interesting to me that I haven't been more anxious about it, but I just know my capacity and that I'm not going to try to do therapy and not be able to really be there for my clients the way they deserve and that they need me. So I don't have a return date right now. I tell everyone I'm on a medical leave and when I'm ready, I'll get back. Um, I'm glad I found you know the strength to start doing my podcast again and I wanted to share this with you to hope I can be some help, give you some ideas, share with people. I know we're all going through many different struggles and you're not going through this particular one. But maybe the things that I've done to deal with this can help with the things that you're dealing with in your life in some way. So thanks for being here with me. Thanks for allowing me to be vulnerable and authentic with you and share my story. And I hope you can find some strength or some help through it. Um, I find strength and help through you guys. And again, the emails and the support I have gotten over all this time has just meant the world to me. So I'll continue sharing my journey. Keep me in your prayers and um, we're going to get through this. I'm going to get through this and be better than ever. So again, I hope this was helpful for you. Feel free to reach out. You can email me at mycbtpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss an episode. Thanks for joining me. Please stay safe. Take care of yourself. Until we meet again.